Today is the insecurity bias episode. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little resistant to writing this one or to wanting to talk about this one because honestly, talking about insecurities is so uncomfy. I mean, I'll talk about them and then it reminds me the fact that I'm not invincible and there's actually some painful things inside of me and it just doesn't sit well with me. But through experiences that I've had recently, I am more than willing to walk through some insecurities with you in hopes of exploring a concept called insecurity bias. It has painfully yet beautifully changed my perspective on being offended or being hurt from the comments made by other people. And I'm not going to lie, it does get harder before it gets easier, but don't let that scare you. I believe in your ability and I believe in my ability to sit with our insecurities in hopes of creating this worthwhile life that we all want. So before we begin, we need to establish what insecurities are and what they're not. So insecurities, like the dictionary definition, um, they're uncertainty about ourselves. And I also like the definition that they're like an opening to danger. They're like a spot where danger can get in. And they're not fact. They're not solid. They're not truth. And I know that might be hard to believe, but they aren't. And these are the assumptions that this podcast really rests upon. And they're really just opinions and judgments about ourselves. And also, this is so, so, so crucial, is that they do not signal or signify a character flaw about us. The fact the presence of an insecurity does not signify that we are broken or not worthwhile or that something is wrong with us. So here we go. It might be scary, might be a little bit uncomfortable, but let's begin living. Today, I wanted to start off with a personal experience that honestly was kind of painful, kind of terrible, kind of miserable. We've all been there. We've all had those or currently maybe we're having those right now. Don't worry. We all go through it. So you're not alone. That's what I want to use to introduce or explain the concept of an insecurity bias. Sit back and relax and you're welcome in advance for giving the comfort that no, you are not the only one with insecurities. Don't worry. I've got you. I've got enough. Okay, so I'll share two sides of the same scenario or situation. And here's the background info that I don't think can really be argued. So I was with the love of my life as usual. We're lucky that we spend a lot of time together. Best thing ever. And we were just having this normal conversation, nothing crazy, you know, like the day-to-day conversation. And then I confided in him that I was experiencing some difficult thoughts and feelings. My internal experience was a little bit troubling for me or it was kind of bothering me and when I explained these things to him I felt pretty vulnerable I felt like it was a vulnerable thing to do and I was telling him that I felt low and that I felt like I wasn't being who I thought I should be and that I was working through it but that today just seemed to be kind of a heavy day and that my mind was a little preoccupied and then what usually happens in this kind of scenario is he tries to understand me which I'm so grateful for And he does this by repeating back to me what he thought I said so that he can know if he has a really clear understanding of it. And I really appreciate it. But here is where two perspectives of the same scenario diverge. So here's the first perspective. It was hard for me to do. And I was feeling pretty sensitive at the moment, which you can tell is kind of a common theme. Kind of a sensitive person sometimes. (laughs) Um, 
Then he tried to repeat it back to me, but instead of showing me that he understood, he repeated back to me words that made it seem like I was crazy. And that hurt so bad. And instantly after that, I was like, how dare he? How could he kick me when I'm down? Someone who really loves me would never do that. I would have been more loving if I was in his shoes. I would have been more understanding and more kind. Like, how dare someone that I love so much that's supposed to love me would treat me like I'm crazy when I'm already feeling so sensitive? And after a week of miserable, miserable, silent treatments, cold shoulders, mixed signals, chronic dissatisfaction, and just being all over the place, I came to this, I like to call enlightened translation of what happened or an alternative perspective that I could be open to accepting as more helpful than what I thought had happened. And that's as follows. He repeated back to me what he understood from the situation. I can't make him feel what I felt He has to decipher from the words that I used to communicate how I was feeling. And when he repeated back to me what he thought I was trying to say, I interpreted his words to confirm an already pre-existing insecurity that I had. So I took what he said and I interpreted it to confirm an insecurity that was not produced by him, was not created by him, has nothing to do with him. And that insecurity is that I am a lunatic, that I'm crazy. I know I have this this insecurity. I don't know if anyone else feels this way. I'm always trying to prove to myself that I don't have anything that is less than perfect about me. So that's my that's one of the big insecurities that I have is that I am worried that I'm crazy, which is illogical and irrational, you know, but insecurities don't have to be logical and rational. Like that's not how it is. So, so be it. I have that, I have that insecurity and it doesn't matter if people tell me that I'm not crazy. Like that's just something that I have to deal with. Okay. Let's dissect this story. Even if it might seem straightforward to you, duh, of course, Alice, that's what you're supposed to do. Like the second version is the one that's most helpful. Like in the moment, slash also like for a week or a month or a year, a decade, you might not be able to accept the helpful solution or the helpful perspective right away. And so as we dissect the story and as we go through it, we're going to talk about how we can be more aware of our insecurities and that we can um, make sure that we're living a life that is not completely controlled. We're not a puppet on a string controlled by our insecurities. Like that's the really the main thing. And the first step is always to be aware and to recognize. I mean, first of all, why did I jump to the blame game instead of recognizing that I was insecure? That's the first question. Like, why didn't you just do that? Because like letting your insecurities control you clearly don't make your life more meaningful. And that's because if we blame others for our hurt, then we don't have to confront our insecurities, which are so uncomfortable. Like it's so uncomfortable for me to say like, yeah, one of my insecurities is that I think that I might be crazy. So I'm always trying to prove myself that I'm not crazy. (laughs) So coming to face with an insecurity is tough, terrifying work. We want to suppress our insecure thoughts sometimes because if we don't see them, then like they must not exist, right? Well, (laughs) no, that's not how it works, you know. One of my favorite insecurities that I notice about myself is that I think people think that I'm not fun. 
And then people tell me that I'm the life of the party or that they love being around me or that I'm so funny. But then I still continue to avoid people that I know in public because I think they wouldn't enjoy talking to me. And now I don't tell you this so that you feel bad for me. I'm just telling you how irrational and how illogical our insecurities can be sometimes. But no matter what anyone tells me, it's something that I always believe. It's something that I like hold true and I I have this death grip on, even though it's not helpful for me. And so insecurities... They don't just come and go because people make it so that we have them or people give them to us. We hold them regardless of all that is good and holy in life. We just, we keep them. And so there's no point in trying to like trying to logic yourself out of the insecurity or trying to be like rational with yourself. Like they're just going to be there and you're going to accept the fact that they're there and that's okay. And Also with this story, with this experience that I had, I find it easier to get mad at someone for calling me stupid than to come clean to myself and realize that sometimes I feel stupid. So like I would much rather get mad at someone that I love for telling me that I'm crazy or like interpreting them as telling me that I'm crazy instead of me coming clean and realizing that sometimes I feel like I'm crazy. Like I would much rather do that. It's so much easier to get mad because then it's outside of you. It's not inside of you, but really it is inside of you. And so when someone says something that I interpret as a confirmation that, yeah, I really am X, Y, Z, I'm stupid, I'm I'm ugly, or I'm crazy, I want to get mad at them instead of doing the hard work to recognize that although I am insecure, I don't have to let it actually stop me. So even though change can only occur on the grounds of honesty, I mean, it's painful to change. So who says we even want to change? Who says that we want to change the way we think about ourselves? As long as we're able to put the hurt that we feel on other people to blame it on them, we don't have to do the hard work of changing ourselves. It's as simple as that. We don't want to change. We don't want to put that hard work in. And so we blame other people and their boom, vanished accountability, none for us. We get to feel these terrible feelings because we're waiting for someone to apologize and make us feel a certain way. So getting mad is easier than being honest with yourself. You can hold a grudge because as a person, as a human being, you're the steward of your body, which means that you get the privilege of feeling anything you want. You get that privilege. But as a child of God and as a human being who has so much worth, infinite value, you get to feel what you want, but you deserve to experience love inside of you. You deserve to experience that love for other people and that love for yourself. Another thing to know about this um, story in regards to insecurities is the insecurity is pre-existing. So I walked away from that situation feeling terrible. I felt hurt and upset. I was mad that he would think that I was crazy. And so turns out not only did he not make me feel that, but he didn't even create that insecurity. It was already there. I just took what he said and shaped it to convince myself that I was crazy. And then I felt hurt. And then I associated the hurt with the words that he said. And then eventually that led me to blame him for making me, in quotations, making me feel that way. When really I felt that way all along, it was just suppressed. And then that bias, I'm looking for things to make 
I'm looking for things with that bias to confirm that I'm crazy. So he could have said a whole five paragraph essay about how wonderful I am, but my mind, that insecurity bias would search out my for my insecurity to confirm how I already feel about myself. And so that's really what the bias is. It's our minds are looking for the things that we're already fearful about ourselves to confirm our fears. Someone gets to choose what they say, but they don't get to choose how the person who's hearing those words feels about those words. So you put words into space and time, but you can no longer control what those words do once you say them. You know who gets to control how I feel about what someone says to me? I do. Ugh, that is too much responsibility for me. And another thought that I had that was pretty revolutionary for me at the time, so if you've already like thought this for the last 75 years, you're like, come on, Alice, catch up. Well, not all of us are as fast as you. It's the thought that everything that everyone says is neutral. We take their words and we decipher a message out of them, and then we decide what that message means to us. So in my example, he said something like, he said something completely neutral, like, okay, so you're struggling to work on your sad feelings. And I translated it to be, I don't really understand what you're talking about. And therefore, my feelings weren't validated. And then I assigned them a meaning. He thinks I'm crazy. So you see how it goes from one thing to the next and finally to what you think it means to you. And that can be just the absolute messiest game of telephone that you've ever played. Like, and so that's why we need so much grace, so much mercy, so much compassion, not only for other people, but for ourselves, because we're never going to be fantastic at interpreting the meaning of what other people are trying to say. And we're also not going to be fantastic at feeling hurt and not letting it get in our way. There's so much that could go wrong in this chain reaction that we just need to have compassion and be like, hey, we're human. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And that's okay. That is okay. So the major takeaway from this are as follows. When we feel hurt or offended and it lingers, it sticks with us and it creates this grudge inside of us that we just, we feel like we're entitled to feel, that we feel like we must hold on to or else we're giving up something that we stand for. By when someone says something to us and it creates this experience inside of us, it is because we have interpreted their comment as a confirmation of an already pre-existing insecurity. Or maybe we don't even need to interpret. Maybe it's exactly what they meant. They meant, hey, you're ugly. And I interpret it as, hey, I'm ugly. And I already had that pre-existing insecurity. You don't even need to have it interpreted. All you know is that what someone says, their comment hurts and lingers and holds a grudge and puts your walls up because you already had the insecurity before. All right. Well, of course, there are always exceptions to these kind of ways of thinking. But most importantly, there is always compassion in every single process that you do to try to better yourself and try to live the life that you want to live. So everyone has things that they're not insecure about, right? Like some things just don't affect you like they affect other people or they affect the masses, you know? So for me, I just happen to not be insecure about the way I look. Like it's been a thing ever since I was, you know, like a weird looking middle schooler. Like I just, I'm not insecure about the way I look. Like it's just never been about that. But trust me, when I say that I have things to make up for it, 
I have other insecurities as we all do. So if this one really affects you and you're like, how could someone not be affected by this? Just know, make up for it twice as much with my other insecurities. And so anyways, if someone were to sincerely try to hurt me by saying that I was ugly, of course I would not appreciate it. I mean, that's not like the best thing to hear slash it's kind of like aggressive, um, but it would not stick with me at all. Like I would be like, yeah, okay, go get your eyes checked or like, yeah, okay, go focus on something else. Like I'm, I'm not ugly, so try again. It's just like politics, really. You can't say the exact opposite of what someone believes and expect them to change their minds. Like, for example, if you're anti-abortion and someone tells you a pro-abortion choice or they scream at you a pro-abortion claim or argument or whatever, is it going to change your mind? Absolutely not. If you don't have an insecurity about your intelligence and you firmly believe that, you know, you're a pretty smart person, you you don't worry about your intelligence and someone calls you dumb, like, are you going to be like, oh, man, well, that hurts. Like, no, you're going to be like, okay, weirdo, <laughs> like, I'm not dumb, so go away. And this all illustrates the point that hurt really comes from within, that we are predisposed based on our insecurities to feel pain when someone says something neutral of a certain nature, of intelligence, of beauty, of weight, of forehead size. <laughs> I used to be insecure about my forehead size when I was younger because, you know, like when you're a kid and you look like an alien, like your head is absolutely so ginormous and then like your forehead is just absolutely huge. Well, when I was younger, I was like, why is my forehead so big? And now I like don't even notice it. But like, <laughs> you know, and me with an alien head being like, why is my forehead huge? <laughs> so they're neutral comments and you interpret them. They hurt because of a predisposition. I hope that this is making sense. It's kind of scatterbrained, kind of all over the place. I really hope that at least something resonates with you because it has changed my life. Like it really has. It has changed the way that I interact with people the way that maybe like certain scenarios could have affected me, affected me a different way. Been like, So recognizing insecurity bias, the tendency to seek after the things that will confirm the fears that we already have about ourselves, that whole process and learning how to live a meaningful life with insecurities can bring you great, immense, wonderful, beautiful, difficult blessings. As much as I felt justified for dishing out the silent treatment, which I am an absolute pro at dishing out a silent treatment, I have years of experience. It's not very great. But anyways, I'm good at giving the cold shoulder. I was miserable. I was purposefully in, with my agency, electing to opt out of meaningful activities like a shared meal or quality time or conversing about our day because I was convinced that he had wronged me because I felt so bad inside. I was miserable. Even though it can be scary confronting your insecurities, not doing so can actually keep you stuck. All of us have spent time feeling stuck. All of us have spent time feeling like we've been wronged and letting it not help us progress. And that's okay. Have compassion with yourself. There's absolutely no time wasted doing that as long as in the end you do move on because it taught you something that you'll never forget. Let's go over how to recognize an insecurity bias. And remember that this whole process is for you because you deserve to feel love even though you're entitled to feel whatever you want. So you can start by recognizing that holding grudges is actually not serving you. 
that feeling hatred for someone else is actually not what's best for you. It's like wrapping caution tape around the important parts of your life. Yes, you'll avoid pain, but you'll also miss out on the enriching experiences that come with life itself. So you can ask yourself, what would I be able to do if I didn't feel offended? What would I be able to enjoy if I wasn't so upset about their comment? What would my life be like if I didn't hold this grudge? Now remember, you're allowed to feel that grudge. Go for it. But what would your life be like if you didn't hold that grudge? Once you realize that grudges and that poisonous, angry hurt is not serving you anymore, it's funny how when we think that someone else is the problem, we generally are presented with the opportunity to explore a little bit more about what's going on inside of us when it doesn't really look like that. Because when we're forced to feel angry and sad because of someone else, then that means our lives are at the mercy of another. Our happiness, our sadness, our success, our failures, all at the mercy of someone else. Because if they can make us feel angry, if they can make us feel sad, then they are the ones who can are responsible for making us feel happy, making us feel safe and secure. And that's really dangerous. So let's work on what is going on inside. You'll probably have some deep-seated intense emotions that are associated with your insecurity. And also maybe you feel like you don't deserve to feel a certain way. Or maybe it's embarrassing and it's secretive and it's shameful. Oh, shame is the worst and it's so not helpful. But we all feel it and if you feel it, there's no need to add another layer of shame for feeling shame. Layering is so problematic too. Just recognize that everyone has felt shame before and have compassion with yourself. And you have to recognize that pain cannot kill you no matter how much your brain tries to convince you otherwise. And your brain is just trying to protect you. But when you feel those intense internal emotions, they can't kill you, even though your brain wants to tell you that they can. Then you can ask yourself, why did that hurt me specifically? Why did that hurt Alice specifically? What is it about me that made it so that comment really struck a chord? Why is that comment just so painful for me and ask yourself these exploratory questions to find out what exactly is going on in hopes to find an insecurity and once you find that insecurity remind yourself that it is neither true nor false and that it does not matter if it is true or false it only matters that you're aware of it the only important thing about insecurities is to be aware of them so that they don't affect you without you realizing it We must be aware even if it's uncomfortable. And also after this, after you've gone through this process, it's kind of a choose your own adventure aspect where you'll be maybe making reformations to someone that you've been giving the cold shoulder to. Or maybe you're going to be like, well, now I realize I should probably practice more self-care. Or maybe I should be easier on myself and be easier on other people. Or maybe I should prepare myself for the times when I know that maybe I'll feel exposed to danger or maybe I'll feel that insecurity is going to be attacked. Like maybe you have this fear or this insecurity that you're just terrible at speaking and that you're not a good public speaker and that you're going to have this test in school or you're going to have to give a talk in church where you're public speaking. Let yourself recognize that this insecurity is going to rear its ugly head at this time and prepare and Hype yourself up for being like, yes, the insecurity is there, but it doesn't have to control me. And also one other essential thing is that you have to exercise faith, which faith to me is so scary because I love control. I'll be the first to say I love control. I really do. 
but exercise faith that you deserve to feel love and joy and meaning even when there are things about yourself that bother you. You deserve it even when you feel like you don't. Okay, just as one last thing that I real quick have to say that's super important. The purpose of this whole podcast is not so that you don't annoy other people as much because you're not giving them the cold shoulder or you're not getting mad at them. It's not so you can hide your insecurities better. It is simply to benefit you so that you can live the life that you want to live so that you can experience the feelings of love inside that you deserve to feel for yourself and for others. And as much as you don't want to hurt others by acting out of insecurities, most of all, you don't deserve to feel hatred and shame and loneliness inside because of your insecurities. So by being able to better be aware in a kind way of your insecurities and notice how they're affecting you, it will benefit and strengthen your relationships with others for sure. It will open up communication and bring honesty, which others will love for sure, but mostly it is for you. Another point that I have to stress that's so crucial is that insecurities do not signify a character flaw. And I'm not talking about insecurities just about your physique. Oh, my forehead, my squishy belly, yada, yada. I'm not discounting the intensity and the reality of your insecurities in regards to your body. There are parts of you that you wish didn't exist, those habits, those desires that you hope that no one ever finds out about that are almost consuming, that are affect your that are affecting your daily life, those things about you, I'm here to tell you that it's totally okay and normal and human and even expected to experience these. But I'm also here to tell you that you deserve to hold love inside yourself for you and for other people. Insecurities are a part of being able to reflect and analyze and improve as human beings. They're part of the plan, but they're not your fate. They're not your death sentence. And your insecurities don't even need to go away or change. You can let them reside inside of you peacefully. You can let them be a guest at your party and you can still have a great time. They don't need to leave for you to start living. Your insecurities don't mean that you are not worthy or worth it. You are both of those things, even though you have insecurities. Well, I'm so grateful that you all decided to join me for another episode of Let's Begin Living. And wow, I feel a lot right now. I'm still trying to embrace my imperfections and it's terrifying. I don't like it. I resist it so much, but I'm holding on to the belief that I'm worth it, even if it doesn't seem like a concrete fact to me yet. And that I don't need to rid myself of insecurities and and imperfections to live the life that I deserve to live that every human being deserves to live full of meaning and fulfillment and the process of recognizing and putting in hard work to live the life that you want to live is for you because you deserve to experience love and meaning inside. You deserve to experience love inside. Just had to say it twice because it's so true, so helpful, so important. And if this podcast resonated with you, which I hope it did, that is my whole goal, Please share it with those that you love, that you think could benefit from it. Um, Let's help people around this nation begin living. Also, check out my Instagram for powerful quotes and principles from this episode that you can use in your daily life that you want as a reminder or that you can share with others. I really do love you guys with all my heart. I, I so do. And I love the opportunity that you guys have given me to create a more meaningful life by sharing the things that I have gone through. It means everything to me, and I really do hope it helped. 
This is all for you. Well, nothing more to do, but let's begin living.